On your journey through life, you are the hero. There are times, however, when it is beneficial to have an advisor to guide you along your path. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with Brent Mikosh, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Co-Founder of MP Advisors, LLC. In this podcast, we provide you with financial clarity so that you have the tools to live your best life. Listen in as Brent guides you through creative solutions to various financial problems that business professionals, young adults, and retirees commonly face to make their money work. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Smart Money Simplified with Brent Mikosh. Brent, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Eric? I am excited. I mean, this is you are hitting the ground running. You've got another guest on the show, and that is Lacey Bird. Why did you bring Lacey on the show today? Well, a really good friend of mine who's also in the business, a guy named Brian Sweet up in Minnesota, who's a friend and also also a mentor of mine, introduced a group of us to Lacey, actually. And from my standpoint, she really changed the way that I view physical fitness. And I thought that it would be really valuable to bring her on here to talk to, to the listeners. That is fantastic. I know Brian and his office, and they are amazing. So uh, obviously, this is a good referral to you. So Lacey, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to chat a little bit. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with this. Is First of all, Lacey, why should we care about our health? This, we're supposed to be talking about finances in this podcast. Why, why, did, why does the health matter? Well, I mean, without your health, why does it matter how much wealth you have, right? Like That's the real wealth. It's true. Good point. My, my wife, she, were, she was in uh, department development for Mayo Clinic, and so she deals with a lot of benefactors. And it's amazing that if there is a health concern that everything else kind of goes by the wayside as soon as they, there's a diagnosis or a chronic illness or something like that that needs to be addressed. So I, I agree with you. It's absolutely central and, and focal to, to what our lives should be. But I could say from my own perspective, sometimes during the course of your life and when you're going about your day, you sort of forget about some of these health issues and focusing on them. So what got you into this business and why? What, where'd your passion come from in terms of really trying to help people improve their health and improve their lives? And, and I think that an extension of that, really, I, I'm, I'm a true believer if you improve your life, your finances often follow. But can you give me some examples of why you're in the business and some things that you've seen? Yeah. So for me, it's kind of a funny story. Well, not that funny, but so I actually grew up with a lot of trauma in my childhood. I grew up in and out of foster homes and I dealt with a lot of abuse and things like that. And it kind of led me down a path. And really early on in life, I saw the power of choices and I saw, I watched the people around me you know, deal with similar things. And I saw them go to drugs. I saw them go to alcohol. I saw them getting pregnant in high school. And then I saw people on the other end of the spectrum that had this ideal life. You know, they were traveling. They were in amazing shape. They were super healthy. They were literally living an ideal life, in my opinion. And I really just from an early age just observed those people. And, you know, growing up, I was in sports a lot. So um, I was a very driven person. And for me, it was such a powerful outlet. But even beyond that, you know, in college, I, I that's when I really started developing the passion and seeing the power of it. Because for me, you know, we talk about health, but really your health is just a byproduct of your daily decisions. You know, yes, there are chronic illnesses and 80% of those are actually preventable. So it comes down to your daily habits, but there's also genetic things, right? Um, 
So you can't say 100% it comes down to your choices. But for the most part, you can have so much control over the quality of your life, right? And even down to like the littlest things of like going on. I mean, we were just in Croatia and we went to this amazing um, national park called Plitzweiss. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but there's a thousand waterfalls. It's this beautiful, beautiful place. And I was like, man, so many people miss out on these kinds of experiences because they feel like it's miserable to even walk five to 10 miles. Like they don't even, like they don't even do that. Right. They're just looking for the next bench They're They don't, they don't even want to get off the couch. And so for me, I really just noticed early on the power of your daily decisions and quality of life and what it, it comes down to what you're doing daily. And that's where I kind of found that discipline equals freedom. You know, so many people are chasing freedom. Like, I don't want a boss telling me what to do. I don't want a financial advisor telling me what to pit, spend my money on. I don't want, you know, I don't want all these limitations and boundaries. But in the end, it really comes down to real freedom comes from that discipline. The freedom to be able to do the things that you want to do comes down to being able to implement it on a daily basis. So for me, I started coaching other people when I was in college. I was 18 years old when I got my first fitness certification and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the mental aspect of it more than the physical aspect. But I just over the past several years, I've seen so many people's lives transformed because they transform what they're doing on a daily basis. And so I know it's getting a little long winded, but that's kind of what prompted me into the fitness industry was just seeing the power of really the discipline that comes from it and how that has an effect on every aspect of your life. One of the things that surprised me as we first began to talk was a lot of really successful people, and uh, I'll throw out, say, Oprah Winfrey, for example, amazingly successful person, but her weight's been up and down, and her, I think her fitness has been all over the place. And I think we've all seen people in our lives that have an enormous amount of discipline, an enormous amount of control in certain areas of their life. But why is it, do you think, that health always is, or health are making good fitness choices, good dietary choices? For some really successful people, that's been hard to pin down. That's been hard to get that piece right. And based on the people you've worked with, why do you think that? I, from what I've seen and from what I've observed in myself, it it always, whether it's fitness, whatever the goal is, and this can even come down to high performers in business and finances and relationships and anything, it comes down to your why. And unfortunately, most people have to get to such a rock bottom place before they actually do start taking things seriously and saying like, man, I really need to make some changes. And there's a lot of people that are lukewarm where they're like, oh, I know I need to get healthier, but you know, it's not like, on my top priority. It's just kind of there. So those are the people that dip their toe in. They get excited at the beginning of the year. They go for a few weeks. They don't have any kind of like long-term strategy. And then it's, it's not really, they haven't changed their identity. Right. And that's one thing that I've noticed is it comes down to if you're quote unquote, always the person that is trying to lose weight, you're always going to be that person. How you see yourself is who you are, right? Your perspective of yourself is who you are. So that's why, like for me, I identify as an athlete. Even if I've eaten and gained like five pounds, I mean, I never gained more than five pounds or like I'm never, like weight loss and weight fluctuation and health, it's not part of my life because I chose for that. 
same with finances, same with relational issues. Like I've created barriers or for example, um, I heard a really good analogy about, you know, when you're driving on the side of the cliff and there's so that it keeps you from going over. Well, the guardrails, they're not on the edge of the cliff. They're a couple of feet before the edge of the cliff, because if they were on the edge of the cliff, by the time you hit them, you're already going over. And so there's guardrails in my life and I try to help other people put those guardrails up in their life. So they never get to that point where it's a slippery slope, but I think it really comes down to just being lukewarm about anything in your life. Right. And not being clear and extremely intentional on what your purpose is and who you're creating and why you're creating it. I mean, I feel for myself, I feel like I am the best project that I'll ever get to work on, you know, and there's only, I only get one life. I only get one body and my body operates every aspect of my life. And the more that I take care of it, the more that I'm proud of it and not in a proud of it to please others or to be this like picture of like, oh, I have a six pack. So others are going to accept me, but I always feel confident. I don't go on vacation and feel, you know, upset in a swimsuit or I don't feel like lethargic and tired when I'm going on a hike. If a friend calls me and is like, hey, you want to go climb a mountain? I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. Like, I'm always ready for epic adventures in my life. And that's something that's really important to me is being able to always do that. Whereas, you know, I think a lot of people get so stuck in who they are right now or how things have always been. And so they're just used to those ups and downs. They're used to the fluctuations. And it, like I said, it really comes down to just being lukewarm and not being very crystal clear on why you're doing what you're doing and really burning the boats and not going back and being like, I am creating this identity. So I am in process of becoming this person. That's, you bring up a, a, a great point there though. When you talk about creating an identity, you know, most, and, and I have a, a theory that's based on a lot of things that I've read, but most people's identities are created over a, a long time, over a lifetime. It, it can reach back to things they were told in their earliest memories. And I think there's a couple of ways to, to change your identity. One is you very proactively have to do it and you have to make a lot of you know small decisions every single day that hopefully support that new identity. The other, the other way is like the Christmas Carol thing where basically Ebenezer Scrooge gets shown <laughs> where his life is going if he doesn't make a change. And all of a sudden, the next day, his identity was changed because the, the alternative was so horrific that he had to make changes today. But if you're if with people that you're working with that have these, these strongly framed identities that they've lived with forever, how do you then go about making those changes? Do you work? Do, do you try to get those major dramatic shifts in focus or do you try to chisel away at it a little bit at a time? Yes. So I'm really glad you asked that because I have, there's a few tools that I use that are really powerful and I've seen people's lives completely transform. I even had a client um, a couple weeks ago and I literally made him, he's been struggling with his weight for some time and I made him verbally say to me, I am an athlete. And like, he felt so uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? How are you going to take pride in your health, pride in what you're doing and actually show up and give it 110% if you don't even believe that? Because our internal dialogue is so powerful. But some of, so one of the biggest things that I do is what happens a lot of the time. So people see this huge mountain in front of them. Okay. So let's talk about, you know, somebody who's trying to, you know, I, I work with a lot of people who either have chronic pain injuries. Um, they're on medications. They're trying to really make some serious lifestyle changes. And I use a lot of a, 
I, I use a lot of psychology with that, right? Because I can write out the perfect plan, but if somebody isn't implementing it, it doesn't matter. So a couple of the things that I do, so first of all, all they see is this huge mountain. And so what do they do? They put it off tomorrow, 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 because they're just looking at this huge mountain. And I've been involved in a lot of mountain climbing. And I had a mentor um, several years ago, and he told me, you know, the, when you're getting ready to climb one of the tallest summits, what you don't do is you don't look at the you don't look at the summit. You don't look at the peak. What, what experienced mountain climbers do is they look at their boots. They look at the next step, the next step the next step. And they get in that rhythm because it's who you become along the way that is the person who's able to summit that mountain, right? When you're at the beginning and you're looking at the top of that mountain, all you're thinking is, I mean, that's when all the limiting beliefs, the fears, the doubts, that's when all of those thoughts are going through your head. And that's when you're sitting at the trailhead and you're like, okay, maybe I'll start tomorrow. Maybe I should <laughs> come back next month. Maybe I'll do this later. Like I'm not ready yet. I need a little more time. And people will put it off, put it off. And that mountain just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, this could be likened to like a pile of dishes, a pile of laundry, like whatever those mountains are in your life where you're looking at them. I'm just so big on helping people with their health mountains. But I mean, what it comes down to is changing that focus to looking at where they're at right now and finding because so many people the like they're so focused on the result, not the process. They're not focused on falling in love with the process. And spoiler, spoiler alert, in order to get the results and keep the results, you have to fall in love with the process. It has to be part of your everyday life. Like, sure, there's no shortage of quick weight loss tips and tricks and do like starve yourself for 30 days and you'll lose 500 pounds. Sure. But it's about keeping that right. And in order to do that, you have to fall in love with the lifestyle, the lifestyle of waking up early and constantly improving yourself, bettering yourself, chiseling away at yourself and creating that project. And so what I do is I turn that focus from this like mountaintop to where they're at. So I always start with people really analyzing and assessing where they're actually at, where they're starting from, because so many people are in such a hurry to just start running away from where they're at. They're trying to like run away from themselves. And because they're so disappointed or so disgusted in where they've gotten or where they're at, that they're like, I don't even want to be here. I don't care where I go, as long as it's not here. And Unfortunately, you can't just run away from yourself. Like you're going to follow you. Not to interrupt you, but why do you think that is? Because even in conversations I have with clients when we're talking about their finances or talking about where they want to go in their lives. And in most cases, these are people that have been extremely financially successful by the time I get to talk to them. But there's still, there's so much self-doubt about, about what the future looks like and how they've gotten where they are in spite of everything factually, everything that's right in front of their face telling them that, that things are going pretty good. Where do you think that that level of self-doubt in human beings comes from? And why is it such a challenge, not just in fitness, but in all areas of our lives to tackle that? Yeah, I mean, from my experience and what I've seen in people, I feel like it comes down to like just a level of disconnect with themselves and with, wow, I really have accomplished all of this because they're constantly comparing themselves to other people or they're constantly comparing themselves to this quote unquote ideal, right? But that ideal is always evolving as you're evolving. So how do you ever reach it? And I think when you're constantly looking at, all right, this is where I'm at. And 
this is where I started. So man, I've taken 10 big steps forward. Great. What are the next 10 steps? And we lose, we like get so caught up in this living in the past and stressing about the future that when are we ever really present and like patting ourselves on the back, man, I did three big things today. I feel really good. What are the three big things I'm going to do tomorrow? You know, and like life is today. Life is right now. Life isn't tomorrow. Everybody's putting it off till tomorrow. They're living in the past. They're stressing about the future. But so many people are in, in the reality is they're like trying to disconnect from the present. They're using alcohol, they're using food, they're using television, they're using social media, they're using, they're using all of these outlets to try and escape the present. And when you really start to step into the present and really analyze like, man, this is where I'm at and take, and you take real assessment. Like one thing I'm really big on is I journal every single night because Otherwise I will get caught up in this like rat race feeling or I'll find myself comparing or I'll find every single night I'm very intentional. Like if you saw how much structure I have in my day, it would probably frighten you and you would think I was like miserable or something because I'm living in a self-made prison. But I have so much freedom because of that. I'm able to actually accomplish the things that I say I'm going to accomplish. I'm able to do the things that I want to do because I'm very clear on what it is that I want to accomplish. And then I reverse engineer that and I turn those into daily habits. And then I create checklists for myself. I create different systems in my day to hold myself accountable. So I actually go towards those things. But I feel like so often people are, you know, living in the past and they have trauma that hasn't been dealt with. They have pain. They have all these different things. So they're running away from the past. They're stressed out about the future. And they're not even really present in the moment and living their life. Now, let me, if you don't mind me asking, because it's kind of a personal question, but you, you mentioned when we introduced you, you, you didn't have the easiest upbringing. You had some challenges. How did that not become part of your identity? Uh, it is part of my identity, but I see it as a gift and a blessing because, and, and I'm not going to be over here and say that I always felt that way because I didn't. I had a lot of resentment for several years and it caused me, I mean, there was a big part in between that, that you're seeing where I'm at now and you heard about where I started, but you know, there was, there was a lot of time where I didn't know how to have a real relationship with somebody. I was constantly living in a state of fight, flight, or freeze. And I was constantly anxious, depressed. I was addicted to marijuana. I was drinking almost every single day. I was married twice by the time I was 21 and that marriage wasn't going so well. And so there were a lot of areas of my life that I had, I was just like a Tasmanian devil in my life. And because I like, I didn't, I wasn't addressing any of the reasons why I felt like a victim. I felt like a lot of resentment for how I was treated and getting the shorter end of the stick in life. And I just constantly felt like, Oh, like, I, you know, but then there was a point where I said, you know, just because I didn't start out the way that other people do doesn't mean that I don't get to have what I want to have. And it took me taking full responsibility of my life. And I think that right there is the golden nugget because that moment when somebody takes full responsibility for their actions, I was, my husband and I, we were separated for a year and a half and it just like 
every part of our relationship imploded. I ended up having an affair. Like I just didn't even know how to have a relationship. And I pushed away everyone close to me. And it was during that time we were separated for a year and a half. We filled out divorce papers. We, we signed them. We went and turned them in. And the only reason we weren't divorced was because we missed a signature on accident, but well, not an accident. Um, but uh, like it, it was in that moment that I was just like, man, I was running away from everything. And I was like, I can only run for so long before I'm isolated, alone, miserable, depressed, and unhappy. And that moment, it came, it was like a come to Jesus moment where I was like, man, I need to take full responsibility for myself. I'm the problem. I'm the common denominator here. And I think when you do that, it completely changes the game because that's when anything becomes possible. Like I started saying, because for so long, I was telling myself I wasn't able to have a healthy relationship because of how I was raised, because of the things that happened to me when I was younger. And then I had a realization and I said, okay, I'm just going to have to work harder at it. And then we became like marriage retreat junkies. We read marriage books every night. We're constantly learning and growing just like you would do with your business. Right. And, and that's, I mean, with any area of your life, I feel like it comes down to taking responsibility and taking ownership. If you're living in a victim mentality and feeling like, you know, whatever happened to you is like it ruined your life. So now you're stuck in your present. I mean, even down to like, so I'm actually going back to school and working on my PhD right now. And for 10 years, I sat there and I was like, man, I got cut short. Like I've always wanted my PhD and I didn't even get to finish it because I was in foster care and blah, 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 you know? And then I was like, that's ridiculous. You know, the next 10 years are just going to pass and I can either do it or not do it, you know? Yeah. And so it, it really comes down to letting go of those things. And to be honest, I've done so much internal work and I've had so much, so many mentors in my life and coaches. And, um, I've just done a lot of work to move past that. And I feel like that's what it comes down to is recognizing the areas of your life where you're like, man, this area is just kind of like, you know, dirty. It's got some dirty corners in it. There's some dust in there. And then it's connecting to the right people and just working on those areas. But here's the thing I'm curious about is because in, in many times when you when you have those road to uh, I call them like a road to Damascus experience where all of a sudden the world's shown to you and you have a you have a decision in terms of how you're going to respond, the easy thing to do is to get pissed off and shut down and say, it's not my fault. Um, the really hard thing to do is to is to look at yourself and say, whether I am 100% or at least partially responsible for getting here, I'm 100% responsible for getting myself out. But it's that first step, that first action. I'm a big believer in, 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 in taking some action. If you get stuck, take some action. Just move, move the ball forward a little bit. You might move the ball back a little bit, but maybe that opens up a hole that then you can move through. But what was what's that first, if someone is listening to this, and they're looking in the mirror and they feel terrible about themselves. They've got a physical problem. They might be on prescription meds. They might be drinking too much. They might be um, just uncomfortable with where they are in life. What is one tiny actionable step? And I want to talk about small actions versus big actions. Let's start with the small one. What's one small step they can take today to get them on the right track? 
Yes, I love that. Um, so first of all, getting clarity on where you're going, you know, that's such an overlooked piece because everybody's in a hurry to run away from where they're at. But when you get clear on where you're going, one exercise that I do often is, well, not super often, but like at least a couple of times a year is I have something called a dream journal. And basically what I do is for 30 days in a row, I go in each morning. So I'm a big believer in doing this right after your workout first thing in the morning, because that's when you're in a peak state and you're not living in fear. That's not, you're not living in limiting beliefs. You're living in this place of like, I can accomplish anything. And right after that, you're in a heightened peak state. And one thing that I do is I write down my 10 biggest dreams for my life, like my 10 biggest goals, right? These things that I want to accomplish in my life and not just things that are going to make me feel good in the moment, but like something that I've been saying, for example, the PhD thing, right? Something that I've been saying and carrying around with me and I write those down. So I write down 10 the next day. I write down 10, but the key is I don't look back at the previous day. If I'm like, what was number seven again, right? I write down the 10 that are on my mind that day and I allow myself to evolve. I allow myself to go deeper into the dreams. I allow myself to like let some of them go as well, you know? And so I just meet myself where I'm at that day and I write them down. And at the end of 30 days, what I do is I go through and I look at what are the ones that are consistent? What are the That's areas that idea. I'm like, wow, this is really important to me. I'm thinking about it every single day. Why am I not taking action on it? And then what I do is, so I put, I create pictures and I'll send you a picture of this later, but I look at, okay, these are my 10 biggest dreams right now. And then I, I print out very specific pictures. So a lot of people, like I'm sure you've heard of a vision board. A lot of people do it and they like go through like home and garden magazine and they're like shopping for a nice car, a nice house, a nice family, like this and that. But like none of that means anything to them, right? And so just as quick as they did it, they're not. Doing it. But what I do is I go in and these 10 dreams, I bring, I print out very specific pictures of them and I cut them out. I tape them to the front page of that journal. So the inside page, I tape them in or glue them in or whatever. And then I put down dates. So I put down dates of when am I going to accomplish this by? And then I get very specific and I list out on the first two pages, what exactly is it going to take to accomplish this? And I'm not living from a place of like limiting myself based on my current circumstances. I'm not like, it is literally, all barriers are down and I'm saying, what exactly is this going to uh, take? How much is it going to cost? Who do I need to talk to? How much time? What, like, what is, what is it going to take to accomplish this goal? And then I reverse engineer that. And basically every single day I have a little checklist inside of that journal and I'm making sure that I'm doing at least two to th three things to move those forward on a daily basis. So that's part of my daily checklist is working on my dream journal. And I think this is so important because you have to get specific on where you're going so that you can actually be inspired to show up and do the work, right? It can be very uninspiring to be like, okay, I need to go exercise today. Like, why am I even doing this? You know, why would I work harder when I can just go and like, zone out when I'm tired, like you're not inspired to go anywhere different than you already are. So I think when you can do that, it's like, what happens is you lose sight of your current circumstances. And you're so focused on what do I need to do to make my dreams happen. And you're always living in that because then you start accomplishing those dreams. 
and you're allowed to dream bigger. I mean, that was a realization I had a couple of years back where I was like, man, if I'm always carrying around the same dreams with me, I'll never be able to make new ones. You know, right. like I'm just going to spend my whole life like saying, man, I, I've always wanted to do that or I really want to do that. I'd rather live a life of action, like you said. Here's something I've seen. I've seen it in people that I know. I've seen it in my own life to a certain extent as well. When people start to get momentum, whether it's a financial goal, whether it's a physical goal, whether it's a, a general life goal, something it's it's the it's the heater and the air conditioner basically. Where you know when things get too rough sometimes or feel like we're on track, you got to turn up the heat. You start moving back to where you think you want to be. But then all of a sudden, sometimes when things get going really, really well. Uh, the air conditioning sh <laughs> shuts on and people can sabotage themselves. And so for somebody that is maybe new to this and really, and, and just starting to, to goal set, starting to work toward those goals, and they begin to see some real progress, then they fall off the, you know, they, they fall off the plan because something is psychologically triggering them to um, revert back to their old life. life. Do you see that? And if you do see that, how do you, how do you derail that process from happening? That comes back to another tool that I use is, I mean, okay, so first of all, creating the daily checklist, right? That takes all the focus away from, because I think a lot of the time when people quote unquote self-sabotage, it's because they they doubt themselves that they're going to be able to maintain that goal or actually reach that goal. So they, again, they're, they're focused on their boots, they're moving, they're, you know, toting along. And then all of a sudden they look up at the summit again. They're like, oh shoot, I think I'm in over my head. Like, what if this is going to take a lot of work to maintain? And I don't know if I can do this because they're still holding on to that old identity. And I think it really takes that focus on the baby steps. You know, so many people are in such a hurry to just like rush the process and become someone new, become something new, but you really have to take it one step at a time and focus on 1% growth. Because if you're doing that, so it's really easy if, and, and I think the biggest sign that you didn't approach it the right way is when you do fall off, right? Because you're trying to take these massive steps and then all of a sudden you fall down and it's a larger fall versus if you're focused on little baby steps every single day, then you barely even know that you're moving. And all of a sudden you look back and you've gone twice as far without even realizing it because it didn't, you know, turn your life upside down. And I think that is really key in making changes with anything in your life is really just focusing on one day at a time and allowing yourself grace. I'm huge on micro habits and I'm huge on when I want to implement something into my life. I look at, okay, five to 10 to 20 minute habits that I can incorporate on a daily basis versus like exercise, for example. I'm really big on only exercising 30 minutes a day because I can do that 30 minutes when I'm halfway around the world, I can do that 30 minutes when I'm sailing. I can do that 30 minutes when it's the holidays. I can do that 30 minutes in a hotel room. It doesn't matter. It is part of my daily routine versus somebody who's like, oh, I need to go have like a super intense workout for three hours. And then all of a sudden they only maintain that for like two to three weeks. Right. And they burn themselves out. They injure themselves. They're like, it doesn't last. And so rather than having that massive fall instead, it just becomes your new normal. And then you increase the intensity of that 30 minutes. Right. And just like with anything in your life, it's those micro habits that you're incorporating into your day. But then in order to implement them, I'm really big on 
like I said, creating those visual checklists where every single month I create a checklist for myself and it's little habits. So I create my morning routine and my daily accomplishments. And those are the things that I want to implement into my day and into my life. And then at the end of the month, I do a review. And if I miss a day of one of the check marks, I'm not hard on myself. I'm not like, oh, you're a failure. But I think when you don't have that visual, because at the end of the month, I can look back and be like, man, I only missed two days out of the last 30 versus I think if you don't have that visual, it can be really easy to be swayed by the, that roller coaster where you're like, oh my gosh, I missed a day. And now you're, you know, living in shame. And then you start spiraling downwards and then it just turns into a slippery slope, right? Versus, man, it's only one day, like I have 29 more. And so then I do a review at the end of the month and really like, it's amazing how when I focus on the process, I, I'm really big on process goals, not results. So all of my goals are process-based. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to incorporate this into my day. I'm going to do this into my routine. And then it's amazing to see the fruit of that when I do my review at the end of the month. And like, man, I just read eight books. I like, <laughs> like I did all these things, but I wasn't focused on that. I wasn't focused on like, oh my gosh, I need to read eight books this month. It was like, okay, if I read for 30 minutes every morning and I do this and I'm not watching TV, like then I will end up achieving that. And then I fall in love with the process. You really nailed something there. I think that one of the things that um, as a person that, that is big on goal setting, you know, both personally and with the business and, and also, you know, with my family and everything else, what I've found is, is if I, sometimes you set out to achieve that big goal and it's important to have that in the background, but I know the areas of my life where I've made the biggest changes have been where I haven't really goal set as much as I have tried to change habits. And it, because if you, if you're doing, if you're doing certain things on a day-to-day -day basis, the results going to, it's almost inevitable. You can't, you almost can't stop the results from coming if you're doing all the things that are going to lead to that result. Um, and I think about in terms of what you're saying, these small goals, you know, there, there is, there is a, a finance correlation with that in the sense that, you know, we have people that, that can come in sometimes and they want to know where they can get this giant return tomorrow, where what I say to people, this is, I don't know if you've seen the movie, you know, Moneyball uh, with Brad Pitt in it, but it's, it's, a, it's a game of singles and doubles. You hit singles and doubles, you get on base all day long, you're eventually going to get where you want to go. And I know from my own personal perspective, from the fitness standpoint, as you and I have talked, you know this. I have set big fitness goals and sometimes I've achieved them. Other, other times I've gotten injured. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and I just think that's a very interesting correlation there. Again, that, that, uh, it's, it's these small micro habits. It's these small, it's these small things that get you in the game every day, just moving the ball forward that are incredibly powerful. And uh, I think you can, you, can, you can apply that in all areas of your life for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that financial correlation because, you know, it's, it really comes down to discipline, right? And it comes down to knowing, you know, so many people are conditioned to do this like instant gratification. Like when I'm stressed out, I'm going to go buy something. When I'm like, it's just like whatever their thing is, it's like, it comes down to instant gratification and versus building that long-term joy and that life by design that you want. And whether it's your health, your relationship, your finances, whatever it is, it's really looking at your life as like this um, canvas, like a blank canvas. And I don't think many people do. I mean, sure, there are a lot, but I think, I think like we talked about previously, you know, people will 
be focused on one area of their life and kind of neglect the other areas. And I think they're all so tied together, right? Like, sure, I can, you know, be in this awesome physical shape and I can do anything I set my mind to and I can experience all these things, but I need to be disciplined with my finances and as well in order to be able to actually achieve those things and in order to not let money control me, but for me to control money. And, um, and that comes down to discipline because if you're constantly like it comes down to what are you using money for? Are you using it to create the life, the future, everything that you want? Or are you using it to escape your current situation? Are you accumulating more things? Are you like, what are you spending your money on? And it, and does it lead to your long-term vision and goal? Or is it just to escape your current reality? You know? I got a couple of final questions for you as, uh, you know, you work with people all over the country and all over the world. And I, and as you know, we've got clients now, I think in 26 States, the last two years have been really, really tough on a lot of people because they've been very isolated. Uh, their lives have been turned upside down and, and interrupted, uh, by obviously of course what's been going on with COVID and everything else. What have, for people that might be feeling that way, what have you seen in your experience in the last two years that can really help people snap out of that? to get their lives back on track after having something artificially placed on them by the outside, by the way, something that had nothing to do with them that might've impacted their business, impacted their lives, impacted their families. How, how do how do they change the channel from that? I think first of all, turn off the news. <laughs> I, <think laughs> and like, I agree with that, by the way. <laughs> um, but really like filter the information that's coming in. Like I personally don't watch any news and I barely watch even any TV. I do use social media, but I, I use it as a tool. I don't go on there as a recipient. I go on there to add value and I create time limits for myself and I create time frames for myself. And I think when you can do that, like you don't even really know that there's going in, in or there's anything going on. You know, like I know this sounds crazy and weird because it's like so much of the world is wrapped up in it, but a lot of my clients are saying the same thing when you disconnect from, because either way it's going to be, you have people living in fear on both sides. So, so you have much people of that, that right now. So yeah. Like you right have now. people, whatever side they're coming from or front side, back, left, right. It doesn't matter. Like whatever side people are living in fear, people are living in a place of not knowing what the future holds. So again, this comes back to control what you can control. And I'm a huge advocate of that is focus on what you can control, not what you can't. And when you do that, I don't live in any anxiety of what's going on. Like I don't, I don't even, I'm not even up to date with anything that's going on unless it specifically pertains to my travel schedule. No, just kidding. But like what, what I'm trying to do in my life, because at the end of the day, like my, one of my largest values is authentically connecting with people and being able to meet people where they're at, talk to people, relationship, and just be present. Like, who knows? I could die tomorrow. I could be in a car wreck. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the future holds, period. So I'm not going to let fear of tomorrow control my today and steal my peace from today. So I'm just going to live every single day to the best of my abilities so that I don't ever end up in a situation where I am on my deathbed and feeling like, man, I wish I would have lived, you know, because we're all going to die. We're all going to 
And, and so it's really about what you're doing with every single day and what your present looks like, because we can't control the future. And so I think when you filter the influence that's controlling you, and if you are somebody that's living in anxiety and fear of like, I just don't know what the future, well, none of us knows what the future holds. So there's peace in that. But really just focusing on what you can control and letting go of what you can't, you know, and just making sure that you're firm on your own value systems as a guiding compass to your decision making. But then also, yeah, just just being in the present, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. And you might have answered my, my final question here. But if I if you're speak, speaking to, to our listeners here, if there's one action that you can take today to make your life better or get you on the right track, what would you say? I would say first and foremost, because this is going to look completely personal to everybody, right? So we get so caught up in this comparison thing, like, oh, in order for me to get on the right track, I need to look, I need to model so-and-so's lifestyle or this person's lifestyle. And we, we get so disconnected from ourselves and our own goals and dreams. And I believe that our dreams are very specific to us. And so going back to the dream journal, I think that's the most important thing is before you move or take any steps, get clear on where, what you want your life to look like. Like if you could paint a picture, you know, if you could paint your life because it, you really can. And trust me, like I, I have gone the full spectrum of lifestyle. Like I, I look back and I'm like, I've already beaten all the odds. Like everything now is just like borrowed time, basically. Like it's, am it's amazing that I'm not in jail or on drugs or whatever, but it's really like you can create whatever you want, but it comes down to what you're doing on a daily basis. So in order for you to show up and implement and actually show up and do the work, you have to have a strong enough why. And in order for you to have a strong enough why, you have to be very, very clear on where you're going. And that can't be a reflection of someone else's lives. It's not keeping up with the Joneses or the Kardashians or anything like that. It's about what are you on this planet for? What is your gift? What is your purpose? What are you here for? And what do you want your life to look like? Right. We get so caught up in instant gratification that it can feel so hard to like do anything outside of that. But when you get clear on where you're going, all of a sudden, it's like this path opens up for you to go there. It's, it's fantastic advice. That's actually where what I start with the clients as well. I said, first, we got to accept reality. We got to look at where we are right now and then get really clear on where we want to go. For anybody that wants to find you online, how, how could they learn more about you, Lacey? Yeah. So uh, website is hybridathletetraining.com, uh, LinkedIn, Lacey Mystery Bird. Instagram, Lacey Mystery Bird, Facebook, Lacey Bird. Um, reach out to me. I love connecting. I love talking and demythifying things. So I'd love to hear from you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today on this. And uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I always learn a ton whenever I hear what you have to say. So thank you from the bottom yeah, of my heart. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been fun chatting. Absolutely. Brett and Lacey, what a fantastic podcast. Lacey, such a positive message. I'm so glad that you gave your contact information. I'm just going to echo what Brent said. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, Brent, thank you for bringing her on the show. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Smart Money Simplified podcast with Brent Mikosh. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Brent comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at MP Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day 
every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Money Simplified Podcast. Have any questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.smartmoneysimplified.com or give us a call at 602-255-0555. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available.